live here. Uh, it is Tuesday night's live stream with Jerry Hamilton. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, welcome in. Uh, going to talk a lot of stuff today. Got a lot of things going on. Uh, there is a late breaking rumor out of the out of the uh, transfer portal. Uh, it sounds like A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, a wide receiver uh, that caught a touchdown in both the semifinal and national championship game, may be entering the portal and Texas is thought to be a potential destination. Uh, uh, Mitchell uh, apparently has a child in the Dallas area. Uh, that is something to watch out for. He also did play some high school ball. I think at one point in his high school uh, career, he was down in Houston at Ridgepoint. Ridgepoint, Missouri Ridgepoint, City. Right? Missouri yeah. City. Um, but uh, he, he is not, as of right now, we just checked it. Uh, I just checked it right before I went online, or when we went on air. He is not officially in the portal. Uh, if something does come to pass, uh, we will certainly try to keep everyone updated. But uh, that is something that we're monitoring right now uh, for the University of Texas, because that would be certainly a, a big time player that Texas would be very, very interested in. I uh, want to start and say thank you to our sponsor as well, Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power, thanks to Energy Texas and those guys there. Um, hey, Jerry, uh, talking to you about all of this. A, a big note today was not only this rumor that's uh, that's come to pass, uh, but also Texas went in and basically carpet bombed Alabama today with the scholarship offers to class of 24, 25, and even a guy in 2026, I think, um, that happened. Uh, we also have, uh, as well, we're waiting on to hear news on the wide receiver coach, uh, the offensive analyst position, as well as who's going to take Chris Gilbert's spot uh, for the director of high school relations. So there's a lot of things converging into one uh, comment right now. And then on top of that, the Longhorns basketball tips, basketball team tips at 7 o'clock tonight. Let's start with some basketball talk. They're in Ames playing the Cyclones, uh, a really good uh, team again this year up there. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how Texas handles the ball pressure. Um, look, it's going to be an ugly scene for Tyrese Hunter coming back to Ames. Look, this is like their Super Bowl, right? It's whiteout night in Ames, and they've been waiting on Tyrese Hunter since he uh, committed to Texas out of the portal. So um, it, it, it's – it would be a great night for Tyrese Hunter to kind of get out of his mini funk. You know, he played really well against Kansas State. And his kind of struggled off and on. I think he's taken the, the beard situation harder than any other player, obviously. Um, and then he also has to be stronger with the basketball. So it's a big night for him. It's a huge week for Texas, though. It's two road games. Look, yeah, they have a Saturday-Monday road game, but this is from a Monday through Saturday. This is their only week the whole season where they have two road games in a row. So it's at Ames, at West Virginia, and they have to come away with a split. You have to come out of this five and two. Huge difference between four and three and five and two. A lot of people are like, why can't you go six and one? Well, we'll see. I mean, it's it's a great league. West Virginia's zero and five. I don't think they'd be zero and five in any other league. I mean, it's a tough league. Um, but it's a huge game tonight. This would be a statement win for Texas. They, they they're two and zero on the road in Big Twelve play at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. This is a different animal. Tonight, Iowa State lost by two at Fog Allen Saturday. That's a team playing with a lot of confidence. They start four guards and a big man. 
Um, they're active, active hands, uh, really good players at the guard position, all seniors except for the point guards are freshmen. The other four starters are seniors. Uh, so it's an experienced team. Uh, but it would be nice to see Tyrese Hunter have a big game tonight or a game he's capable of. Yeah, I, I think that we've got to see whether or not Texas can now go on the road. Uh, that's that's kind of my point on this, is that we've seen Texas at this point defend their home turf in conference play. Yes, they beat Oklahoma on the road, but really it's been at home. And they've last couple of them have been these huge second-half comebacks, Jerry. Um, yeah. What are they going to look like if they're not going to have that crowd on their side late in the contest and they're behind by 10? Yeah. You know? Oh, and that's a great – Texas has to get off to a good start tonight. That's a great point, Bobby. I mean, you can get away with bat, rough starts at home, like you said, because you have the crowd. You'll probably get a call late. Uh, even though Texas fans might disagree, you might get a call late. Um, and Texas has really experienced team who can come back when they're down. But that's not how you went on the road in a great conference. You have to start well. You, if, if that's what you think you can do, you're going to lose on the road. Uh, the, in the schedule, five of the next seven are on the road. Eight of the last 14 games in the regular season are on the road. Texas has a baroot of a schedule starting right now tonight. Five of seven on the road, including Tennessee. I mean, it doesn't get much tougher than that. And then eight out of 14. But here's the thing. They bounce back from the K-State loss. They're positioned well. They're 15-2, and 4-1 and one in Big 12 play. And I've had 11-7 and seven circled for them. After everything this team's been through, they've responded to adversity. Jabari Rice, Sir Jabari Rice is such a winner. Marcus Carr makes winning plays. Timmy Allen makes winning plays. These guys are making winning plays. Um, and, and so they're battling through that adversity, right? And, and they're a much better team than last year. But this is – this is what's going to tell you that this week really is going to tell you if you can get a split, you got a shot at 12 and six or 11 and seven. If you drop, drop both games, it's going to be difficult. What's interesting to me, you talk about all those players. It's been different player almost in conjunction with Marcus Carr in every game. Um, for example, uh, Brock Cunningham hit the big three. Sir yep. Jabari Rice had a great game against TCU. Dylan DeSue was playing out of his mind. Uh, Rice also had a good game as well as Carr, but um, you, you, I look at it that way, Jerry, and it seems like the good thing about Texas right now, they have a lot of guys that can step up. Yeah, they're not necessarily always playing well together, but Terry, Rodney Terry, is going through his group and you know doing this thing where basically he's trying to find the right five for that game, and sometimes I mean it just takes a while. And, uh, because of that, and, I think and look, and, 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 I don't, and this isn't a negative, Bobby. I, I, behind, so. th this isn't a negative. I think this is just a situation, too. The guys who are maybe have had it a little tougher, uh, Tyrese Hunter's taken this tough. Don't get me wrong. Dylan Mitchell and Terry O'Morris, though, because Rodney Terry right now in Texas, they're fighting for their lives, right? I mean, that's in the reality we're in. Uh, these guys want to be at Texas. They want to remain at Texas. Rodney Terry would love to be the coach's way into the head coaching job at Texas. So that means your more experienced players are going to play the heavier minutes, especially in this conference. So Dylan Mitchell, Terrio, that might not be the best case scenario for them, uh, but I think they're all, they're going to have their moments and they're going to respond as well. All right, we're going to go on to a different topic here because I know you've been, you know, you you just went and hid today, Jerry, after the on three national rankings. Had an ophthalmologist uh, appointment. There. Seems like a great day to do that. <laughs> well, you've been on the road. Hey, long story short, uh, 
on three released their final rankings. Uh, this is on three's only rankings, not the on three consensus, which is the industry consensus of not only on three, but 24 seven rivals, uh, even ESPN as well. And the probably the biggest news, Jerry Arch dropped down to number three. Uh, Jerry was not responsible for this ranking. I just want everybody to know while he was part of the uh, rankings team, he is part of the recruiting team. He did not have a say in any part of the rankings at this point, because obviously he also reports on Texas and they want guys that uh, have no reporting lean to any team whatsoever. And Jerry uh, privately stepped away from that, I guess a couple of months and months ago. Now, Jerry, tell us uh, what you heard about why the drop of Arch uh, Manning down to three. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, it's hard for me to say, I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the you day, weren't in the, you weren't in the room, right? To fair, fairness. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, but uh, look, I mean, on Arch, I mean, I, you know, my thing is I'm not betting against a Manning. I, that's all I got to say. If we're wrong, we're wrong. And I'm, I'm just not, that's just not a path I'm going down. Um, uh, and just having seen him a couple of times as a senior as well. Um, look, I, he's a better player as a senior than he was as a junior. He's gotten bigger, stronger, and faster. Um, his release is still there. You know, the interesting thing to me, aside from the ranking, is – you know, talk to a couple of guys on staff at Isidore Newman um, late November. And, and what they told me, what I thought was interesting is, you know, he doesn't play. Will Randall, good player going to Texas. Uh, the young offensive lineman going to LSU, obviously LSU legacy board a lot. But there's not a lot of speed on that team, right? So the throwing the ball vertically down the field really isn't an option for that, for Isidore Newman very often. They run some post corner stuff, right? They got a good scheme. But – Really throwing the ball vertically down the field isn't really in, in, in what they do well. And the coaches staff at Isidore Newman thinks Arch is going to be tremendous at that and will get to show that at the next level because he's going to be playing with high-end athletes. I think that'll be something interesting to watch with Arch. Um, also, moving around in the recruiting rankings, uh, some guys moving up uh, by a little bit. Uh, John Jonte Cook went from 61 to 57. Ryan Niblett moved up three or four spots. There were some big losers as well. I, I hate to say the term loser, but Cecilia Kana dropped out of the top 24, out of the top 250 altogether, or the, excuse me, out of the top 300 altogether. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll go over that a little bit. One player though did move up exponentially and that's Jelani McDonald, uh, the linebacker safety do it all guy from Waco Connolly uh, that committed to Texas at the all American game. Uh, Charles powers, the, uh, director of recruiting and scouting for on three uh, mentioning him in an interview I had with him late last week saying that he was just really impressed with McDonald. Uh, but McDonald went up what 40 or 50 spots ending up being the number one ranked in-state player for the Longhorns, I think uh, this year in this recruiting class, surprising to me. Yeah. Really high end athlete, uh, big time uh, athleticism, uh, kind of in the kind of in the daring Gillette mold uh, before Gillette was injured. That you aren't sure what he's going to play, but man, is, there aren't many guys bet more athletic than McDonald and Gillette. And I think McDonald's obviously he's athletic enough to play a safety spot, uh, a nickel spot, a spur, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but he can also grow into a linebacker as well. He's got the frame too. His obviously his father. LaMarcus McDonald was a uh, great linebacker at TCU, recruited by Gary Patterson, played high school ball with Derek Johnson. Wow. I'm sure you remember, Bobby, that Waco High team had two 
tremendous linebackers on it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a wide receiver named Margin Hooks on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear he trains guys pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, look, McDonald's a big time athlete, and I think he'll be a really good player wherever he settles in. I, I he's a twenty and ten guy in basketball. I mean, he's good at whatever he does. If we if we all went and played ping pong, he'd probably beat us, right? Even though you're a good tennis player, Bobby. He's just one of those guys, right? So. Um, I love his athleticism. I, I, and this is the thing I thought about the Texas class. I think they're stacking athletic chips. Uh, and that's the best way I could be. Uh, Tassili Akana is a designated pass rusher guy right now until he gains weight. But he can do that. He's a quick guy. Uh, he's an athlete. He's got some twitch about him. I, I think there's Texas is stacking the chips on defense that are really good athletes. And now you just got to get them in positions and kind of let those frames fill out. Yep. I'm just looking through the, the list. I mean, most of the guys moved up sideways down. It wasn't well, – Hey, Bobby, you've been in things. rankings. I've been in rankings because I don't want to rake the coals over any of the guys that do rankings. So let's be let's be real. Nobody likes – Auburn fans are always mad because they're guys, you know, versus Alabama guys, right? It's the rivalry stuff. But here's the thing. There's always going to be some movement in rankings. Because the reality is, if you go back and watch some of these guys as seniors, your opinion's going to change. A different opinion's going to be formed. And it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be an all-star game. It can be their senior year on video. It can be seeing them in person. Um, so a guy that moves three, four, seven, eight, 10, 12 spots, that doesn't mean he's necessarily dropping. That means other guys just may, you know, jump that guy. But his so his rating... Um, is different from the grade, right? Somebody, Ryan Nibley can go from 105 to 92, but his grade doesn't change. His ranking changes, and that's an important thing. Texas has the number three class. There's always going to be these flows within rankings. I mean, we've been in many of these meetings. Uh, there's always always three, four guys you could really talk about, you know, him versus him. Uh, but by and large, I mean, it's more of just the fluctuation of different players at different times because none of these guys develop at the same rate, right? Some guys have better senior years than others, and somebody, some guys may show a higher trajectory. Uh, Jelani McDonald wasn't on the radar at this time last year. Look at him now. Yeah, I, I will just say that, that guys like uh, uh, Anthony Hill uh, I felt should have been higher. Um uh, you know, that was probably the one that I felt should have been uh, of all the Texas commitments. I can understand Malik Muhammad. I mean, he's a he's a corner. They see him more as a, a nickel. Is he a first round guy? I don't know. So top 60 is OK. Right. Jonte Cook, is he, a, he he may be the top receiver in Texas, but he's a is he a first round guy? I don't I mean, I don't know. He may not be because he may not have that top end speed. My my take on this is Anthony Hill as a linebacker has the has those kind of category changing traits. Uh, he may not be a linebacker today, though. Yeah. Um, of all the things that I would say I disagree with uh, about the rankings, though, it is not necessarily that they decided Arch was number three versus number one versus number 250. I didn't like who they put as number one overall because I, I see some real problems in his game, the quarterback going to Tennessee. He's got a long release, and that's just my personal opinion. I Multiple times I saw it, highlight video video alone, you see his elbow go all the way to his waist. All yeah, the way to his drops head. the ball below the water. Yep. That, that means he's going to have to retool it yeah. at some level. 
Um, and so I don't think you go with a quarterback there unless you see it. Now, I will say this. If they would have went with the quarterback that from Michigan that killed it in the in the uh, All-American game in San Antonio, I'm not sure you can have any problem with that. Uh, but they moved a guy from two to one that, frankly, didn't play in any All-Star game either. Right. And so you can't. I, I just I felt like that was a, a little uh, late in the process, uh, in my opinion. I also not sure how much of a mental eval was made here, uh, but I'm not also sure how much any mental eval can be made at the high school level, given the number of vast number of prospects uh, people like Charles Powers ha have to evaluate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, my, my thing, my thing with Arch is look, it's, you know, he gets knocked because, well, Isidore Newman didn't win state, right? Okay, well, neither did Peyton or Eli. That, that's not the level of talent you're playing with at Newman, okay? You go up against you go up against uh, Southern Lab, you're going to get run over. It's going to happen. I mean, it, you know, it, but I, my thing with, with Arch is, you know, it's he's advanced. He's you don't have to mechanically worry. You don't have to worry whether he understands the game and coverages. He's got NFL size. He's got an NFL release and he's got arm talent. I mean, he can make every if he couldn't make every throw Steve Sarkeesian required in the scheme, which is a vertical scheme, he wouldn't have recruited him. That's I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to my, my my take on it is this and I'm. You know, so much of playing a quarterback is between the ears. It's not who – I've seen it over and over. I, I was going through the Elite 11 list through the years, and it was so funny. The guy with the strongest arm very rarely panned out. The most accurate guy worked out a lot. Best footwork worked out a lot. That's about it. Yeah. You know, not – you know, I, I, I went back and – Saw a couple guys that got the MVP of the Elite 11. You know, they didn't get drafted. Meanwhile, Jared Goff goes one overall, and he's he's in the same group of kids for a whole week. And so it's not like anybody's perfect. You can have them a whole week and still right. get it wrong. Right, no um, doubt. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, yeah. I think that – I will say this. Texas wanted no other quarterback. Uh, you know, there was talk that Jackson Arnold may be that good. I don't see that. I feel like he's a one-read guy. Um, primarily, and then he tucks it and runs. That's what he did in the, the All-Star game. And I didn't see him really throw into much pressure at Denton Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and got, got, you know, everything was more RPO for him, and he's really good at it. But, you know, obviously that's kind of the scheme at OU. But long term, it can't just be that. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. Yeah, not talking bad. I just no, – that's the way yeah. I see it. It's progression with these guys. They all have yep. to progress. Yep. All right, let's keep going. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, um, A.D. Mitchell, uh, wide receiver out of Georgia, there's some rumors going around that he, he is uh, possibly going into the portal uh, as soon as today or tomorrow. Uh, we're trying to track that down right now. Uh, we, we know that as of, I guess I got, we went on air at, at uh, right at 6 p.m. Central. At around 5.58, I looked at the portal uh, for from a friend and he wasn't in there. So that's where we know. Uh, we also know that um, he played at least one year uh, of high school ball in Houston and uh, apparently has a kid in the Dallas area already. 
um, and uh, could be looking to move back to Texas. Uh, this is a guy that we believe Texas would definitely be interested in if he becomes available. No, oh, I know I would be interested in him. He's he's a player now. <laughs> yeah, I mean you you've seen him more than I have, Jerry. What are your thoughts of A.D. Mitchell? Well, well, I didn't see him his senior year. He moved actually up by you. He moved up to um, Antioch, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah senior year. Um, saw him when he was younger, you know, at Ridge Point. And he was always the long-arm kid, kind of grew into his body. Kind of reminds you of the Bryant-Wesco kid at Midlothian. He was a 24, actually, 2024 kid I saw last week. He's more of a, a guy who's growing into his body a little later, wiry, strong guy. Uh, it can make plays with those long arms in contested situations, runs well enough, changes directions well enough. I mean, he's, in a, he's an NFL draft pick if he stays healthy. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you got – he made big, big bid, big, big plays. Yes. In, in, in big games. And he yep. did not play much at all this year. because Yeah, he, he missed – he had a high ankle sprain. He missed the majority of the season. So he came back when his team needed him most and made plays. That's even more impressive to me. Hey, just real quick, Anthony Hill dropped from a five-star to a four-star, not not according to on-three's rankings, just so everybody understands. That may have been the on-three consensus, but we actually moved – on-three actually moved Anthony Hill up from, I think, 62 to 59. Yeah, and he's still an on-three consensus five-star, number 15. Yeah, so that, that's actually uh, incorrect uh, Mark, there, Mark. Uh, a couple other questions here. Uh, didn't even mention this, Jerry. Yeah. Texas has a big junior day this weekend. Justin mm-hmm. Wells did a, a nice segment on, on Texas football and at Inside Texas earlier today talking about all the guys coming in. Uh, from This from Justin Yarbrough from Super Chat. Chances we pick up a commitment this junior day. And does Texas have multiple junior day events? Great job, guys. <laughs> yeah, they have a January 21st and then uh, January 29th. Um, uh, or 28, uh, TCU's on the 29th. And this week in Texas, what's interesting about Texas is they're battling um, A&M has one on the same day. LSU has one on the same day. So they're battling regional powers here um, for the uh, for the junior day weekend. And look, Texas has a <clears> – <throat> chances are they're going to get a commitment out of this. I'm not saying it's going to be Saturday. I'm not saying it's going to be Sunday. But the list of guys coming in, <clears throat> is it, it's a big-time list. I mean – you arguably got, arguably got the three top lot running backs on the board, Jarrett Gibson, then the two in-state guys, James Peoples, who was an early offer uh, by choice, and Jacoby Williams, who's more of a speedster in the Keelan Robinson, Jaden Blue mold. You know, Micah Hudson's coming in. I don't think he does anything soon. Uh, Tennessee, Ohio State are in that. Ja'Kyle Baker is supposed to come down with his mom and sister. So two of the top receivers in the state. The offensive line coming in is loaded. Daniel Cruz, the top guy on the board. Who will arguably the top be the top center in the country next year um, out of Richland Hills, uh, North Richland Hills, Richland High? Nair Daniels, teammate of Sadir Mitchell at Bergen Catholics, coming down. Brandon Baker, who I love at offensive tackle, out of uh, Spencer Shannon's high school teammate, he's coming in uh, from Southern California. Kyrie Lee, LSU commitment, is scheduled to be in town. We'll see if he ends up at LSU instead. Michael Uini from Coppers Cove. I mean, Bennett Warren, who I think could get offered. Uh, out of Fort of Fort Bend Christian uh, Academy over in Sugarland. Is that uh, the big offensive lineman? Big right? offensive lineman, six seven three ten. Alex January, I have on commitment watch. Maybe not Saturday Sunday, but soon the D tackle out of Duncanville, whose dad played at Texas. They still have season tickets. He's in Austin a lot, but the out of state defensive line group. I mean, the kid out of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Charleston Collins is a big time guy. Isaiah Fiega. 
from uh, Phoenix City Central's a Utah commitment, but coming in from down southeast Alabama, Jeffrey Rush from Pascagoula, Mississippi's coming in. DeAndre Robinson from Orlando Jones, a Tashard Choice and Bo Davis recruit. I mean, that's two pretty good guys going after a guy in Florida. Defensive tackles at FSU last week, and he's coming in. Terrence Hibbler from uh, Mississippi is coming in. I mean, so the D-line guys coming in from out of state's a great group on its own. Uh, and we talked last year on this show, Bobby, we talked about the state of Alabama being loaded with big athletic bodies on defense. This year it's Mississippi. They offered Cameron Beavers earlier this week, a 6'4", 325-pounder out of Bay Springs, Mississippi. So that's four defensive linemen in Mississippi Bo Davis has offered before the end of January. I, what do they feed all these guys? <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, me and you both have 16 year olds, right, Jerry? Yeah. 16, 17 year olds. My, my son is six foot one, 145 pounds. What are they? <laughs> yeah. You know, what am I, what am I going to do here? Well, and, and, and you That's know what's huge. Gonna be, yeah. And what's going to be interesting is like, I think offensive line was the focus in 2022. Kind of linebacker was this year in arch, right? And yeah. running back with Baxter. This year it's more D line. Because you're really getting close to SEC time. And they need numbers. They need numbers. numbers. But you need big bodies that have twitch. Like Georgia and Alabama and LSU. You're going to be battling over the same guys in this cycle. And there's four in Mississippi. There's one in Louisiana. There's one in Alabama. There's at least one in Georgia. There's one in Florida. So Texas is – they're throwing themselves in the ring with Georgia, Alabama, LSU, both Mississippis. Auburn with the new coaching staff, FSU, who's resurgent in the region, Miami, Florida. I mean, this is this is SEC recruiting at defensive line in the 2024 cycle. Hey, Jerry, real quick, what about Micah Hudson? Is he coming in this week? He's coming in, he's coming in this weekend. It'll be his fourth trip since June, I believe. Um, look, I think Texas has done a really good job there. A lot of people ask, well, what's going to happen without a wide receiver coach? Let's see how that plays out. Bobby reported some news, actually made football scoop on that. Uh, earlier this week, um, probably not the first time, uh, but I don't think there's going to be a wide receiver coach this weekend unless plans change. Um, I don't think that affects Micah Hudson early. Look, he likes Ohio State. Interesting thing is his mom's really a big part of this recruitment. She made the Tennessee visit, not the Ohio State visit. So Tennessee's definitely in this as well. Uh, so the trip you look for with Micah, where does he go and which trips does his mom go on? I think that's going to be key in this recruitment. Yep. I want to say thanks to our, uh, we've got a couple more questions here. We're going to get through. Uh, we're going to be on tonight, by the way, all the way up until tip off. So right around seven o'clock central, uh, Jerry and I will be with you guys. Thank you to Energy Texas. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the great state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. A couple more questions here. One coming in from Jesse Wyatt, or actually a comment. Vincent, Vince Young didn't win high, state in high school, and Reggie McNeil did. Who had the better college career? High school state championships don't guarantee college success. Uh, Jerry, we actually talked about Vince Young earlier today because of this exact thing, right? I mean, he had one other Division One. um Player now he had several that that could have been division one but may not have right. made the grades right. uh, but uh courtney lewis is a running back that ended up going to a m but that was it yeah um and you know that that affects overall 
plus he's in a big classification in the state of Texas. It's going to happen. Right. I think that that what you look for in recruiting, at least when I used to rank these players and spent my my literally spent my twenties and thirties doing this for a living, and you know this, Jerry, and we we you know anyways, I, what you look for are skill set, desire, and how hard you think a guy is going to work. And then if he has any kind of, I don't, I don't want to say football IQ, but really that's what you're looking for. Is he, a, is he a smart player? And then above and beyond that, does he have one skill, just one, that he does as well or better than anybody else? Right. I mean, because that one skill, believe me, when you play at this next level in college, you need that one skill and need to be able to lean into it to really make a difference and eventually potentially become a, a pro player. That is what happens. So whether you're a four, four guy, you got to lean into that, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you can't just uh, be a guy. So one of the things that irks me, uh, and I think it's because at all the high school games are on live or stream live. So much is made about kids in competition nowadays, the competition they're playing in high school. But let's go down memory lane in the state of Texas. Adrian Peterson, Palestine, Billy Sims, Hooks. I mean, David Overstreet, Big Sandy, RIP. A lot of the best backs in Texas played at small schools. Earl Thomas, Sean Weatherspoon. I was in Jasper, Texas, and I watched two first-round picks playing a 3A game. I mean, great players are great players. I mean, that's the biggest beef with me nowadays is all the competition. Okay. I mean, if if you're really good, you're really good. Okay. Let's let's be real about this. You can't control where you go. Well, you can a little more nowadays, but most of the time you can't control where you go. Think about all the great players that have come from small schools in Texas. How many of those guys won national championships at Texas, were NFL draft picks, Curtis Browns of the world? I mean, they don't all come from North Shore, Duncanville, Austin, Westlake, and these programs. And that's the reality. And a lot of the best running backs this state's produced did not play great competition in high school. And it didn't keep them from going to the Hall of Fame, Eric Dickerson, winning Heismans, driving Trans Ams, and everything else. <laughs> Uh, I agree with you. I don't think you can, you, you, you're born and live where you live for the most part. Right. There is some um, uh, uh, transportation type stuff that happens now with the IMG academies right. and that sort of stuff. But I, I feel like by large part or in large part, you, you're, you're basically dealing with what you got and you got to make the best of it. Um, and, you know, I've been to places where, you know, they have a dirt track like they used to have over yes. Jasper. Yes. You know, instead of they didn't have a cinder track. No. And Jasper won the state championship in track. I mean, Silsby was another yep. one uh, over there in southeast Texas. That's a smaller school that you're just like, God, I mean, how many guys you go out there and you're like, how many guys do you have? Newton is another one. Um, the list goes on and on. Look, I, mean, I, I, I say that I tell people all the time when we get into like, if, if we're doing a speaking engagement, it says, well, compare Texas and Florida. Well, here's what I'll tell you from about Florida, like to that point. I don't think I've ever been in a school where a kid didn't run four or five. <laughs> so, hey, hey, I got to say this. So let me say this real quick. 
Name a school that has has produced two better players. Seriously, that's not. I mean, two better players than Billy Sims, a Heisman Trophy winner at Hooks, and Jeremiah Trotter, yeah. like an eight-time All-Pro. Well, in the offensive like, tackle. Oh no, he was the offensive tackle. Wasn't Hooks? Was he? They went to Arkansas. Uh, Randy Jason. Garner or Jason Peters. He was at Queen City. Queen City. He moved from Hooks to Queen City. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, yes. I mean, just think about that. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like you, you can't uh, you can't. Uh, we're we're on a rant now. Unfortunately, let's <laughs> get back to some rant. stuff that people actually. I think they probably like to hear us bicker, uh, but uh, a little bit more on on Texas news and, and notes. Uh, Jerry, you mentioned the wide receiver position. Let's discuss that. Yeah. Um, I've reported and Inside Texas reported that Chris Jackson, the wide receivers coach at uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is, quote unquote, the leader in the clubhouse right now. Uh, no, uh, you know, whether he's he tweeted back and said, I haven't talked to anybody, all this other stuff. OK, um, I, I'm still being told that he's the guy that that is the leader in the clubhouse. How do you, how does that, what does that mean? Well, it probably means, you know, once the Jaguars are out of the playoffs, let's, let's have that conversation. Right. Uh, there are other guys. We've mentioned Adam Henry, uh, the uh, wide receivers coach at uh, Indiana. He was the former Cowboys wide receivers coach. Uh, then we have Joel Falani, a wide, the former wide receivers coach at Washington state uh, and played at Texas tech. And then Dallas Baker, the wide receivers coach at Baylor. Uh, currently played at uh, Florida. Uh, but that that role, Jerry, Sark initially wanted to have this role set for today or tomorrow yeah. and for it to be filled. The fact that it's not lends even more credence to the fact that it's probably – Jack Ward's upset in the playoff game. <laughs> you, you get my point. And yeah. so what I, what I would say and, – and, you know, he may come back and, and hire somebody else. Right. I, I'm not saying that he doesn't we aren't, he yeah, do that right. or what have you, or uh, but I, I feel like they, this was headed uh, in a certain direction. I still believe it's it's headed in that direction. Also being hired right now, uh, someone asked in the in the chat, and I want to put this up here. Um, let me put it up here. It was about Gary Patterson. He mentioned someone mentioned that Gary Patterson is getting replaced. That's not what's happening. Uh, so there was a new – oh, here it is. Any news on the replacements for Gary Patterson? He is leaving, right? Last I heard, we might hire two. So here's what's happening right now. Gary Patterson is still employed by uh, Texas and is still on staff. I am hearing behind the scenes that he may not may not be with the team next year. This is a one-year gig. It's not uncommon. He's a former head coach. Spent a lot of time away from his family this year. We'll see what happens, Okay. Um, another person I know called it a 50-50 whether he returns. I think it's more, I think it's more 40-60, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but I never when we when that new job filing came up uh a week ago, I, I said it had no bearing on Gary Patterson because we knew Texas was going to hire someone similar for an offensive role. And that's what that job hiring is. Uh, we do believe they're in the process of hiring that person. Uh, it could be this week. Uh, they initially wanted to, my understanding is, they wanted to uh, hire the receivers coach and the offensive analyst kind of in tandem, maybe one day after the other. 
you know, this may be the fly in the ointment with the wide receivers coach. But, Jerry, you also got some news about another position they're feeling, filling right now, and that's the uh, high school relations director, which was formerly a uh, position that was formerly occupied by Chris Gilbert. What's what's the latest on that? For folks? Yeah, it's it sounds like they have their guy. There's going to be it's going to be split into two positions. One's going to primarily focus Dallas, one Houston. And I think that's interesting uh, that Coach Sarkeesian is hiring a second position there really with some focus on the Houston area. And I know you agree with that, Bobby. Uh, Dallas is a more talented area right now. We, we can't argue that. But Houston's Oh, volume. Great. There's no question. But 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 you got to combat Texas A&M in, in, in the Houston area the best you can right now as well or the last couple of classes. So um, I, they're going to split in the two positions. I think they have their guy. I think they have their number one guy. And the question, and we'll see when that is. Uh, uh, there's some other small town guys. And we'll see when that's announced and who their secondary guy is. Uh, but I, we do think they have their number one guy for this position now, uh, and it's just when they're going to announce it. And we'll have more on that when we can. Yeah, uh, that all makes sense. I I feel like what we're working towards right now, Jerry, um, is them trying to really tie this all together in a week or two. Yeah. So they can take and get out on the road, finish up uh, uh, winter recruiting, and then get ready and get prepared, uh, mostly for the onslaught of bringing kids in for unofficial visits like they're doing this weekend for the rest of the spring, as well as trying to get ready actually for spring practice itself, uh, which is coming up in a month or two here. Um, Jerry, we're, we're now taking questions, guys. So if you have any questions for Jerry and I, please uh, fill it up. Uh, we've talked about uh, the rankings uh, rankings uh, released today of on three. We've talked about uh, potential of Georgia wide receiver Adana and Mitchell entering the portal. Uh, we've also talked about uh, various recruits coming in for the junior day, as well as uh, so many of the players from the state of Alabama uh, getting scholarship offers today, as well as the Longhorns basketball game uh, that gets started here in about 20 minutes. Um, Jerry, you have anything you want to kind of ad lib on right now that you think is interesting? Yeah, no, I think just the, the Texas staff on the road. Um, I thought it was interesting that uh, Choice and Gideon were at the uh, Cowboys Bucks game last night. Uh, so you obviously know where Tashar Choice was recruiting uh, Florida and then Georgia, all those offers today, a 2026 running back. Um, I do, I, I believe Bo Davis is down in that area as well, seeing some of those young defensive linemen. Uh, so what they're really doing is they're going around trying to shore up a lot of these kids, get them the junior day this weekend. They're not talking to them. They're just showing face, right? But then they're also looking at the 2025s because the crazy thing about recruiting is, not to get another ranking suggestion, but everybody's like, well, you're ranking kids too early. Well, the colleges are offering them, so what are we going to do? You got to look at them. You got to cover them. If you don't cover them, we're not good in this business. If colleges are going to offer guys, we have to cover them, and we have to start looking at them. They're going to be invited to camps because they're getting offers. So, But the staff's out. And about, um, you know, we're hearing they're, they're going to be back in Arizona uh, because Texas is still in the fight for Deuce Robinson with Georgia and USC, maybe Oregon. I don't see Alabama after talking to Deuce at the Under Armour game. Uh, and that's really the big recruit left now for Texas as far as the 23 class. Uh, a lot of the focus is uh, 2024 and the junior day as it should be coming up. And the 23 guys that are on campus, Arch Manning and his, uh, and his photo ID, his student ID, has made a lot of news this week. Um, but Deuce Robinson's a huge recruitment out there for Texas because you're battling 
USC, the prohibitive favorite going into the season. Now I think Georgia's right there. Uh, Texas is right there. And this is a dual football baseball recruitment. Uh, David Pierce is very much involved in this recruitment. Uh, Deuce told me at the Under Armour game, he spoke, speaks with both staffs a lot. And the one thing he's looking for from a college uh, standpoint is who does the best job marrying the football and baseball staff together so he's comfortable that he's going to get the best opportunity to do both at the next level. And that's from Dukes. That's what he really wants to feel comfortable with. He knows they're all great schools. Um, so, yeah, in the NIL day and age, relationships do matter. And how Sarkeesian and Pierce have gone about recruiting Deuce has helped Texas chances. We're not saying Georgia and USC hasn't done the same, but Texas has done a good job. Deuce acknowledged that. All right, got another question coming in. What is the deadline for the portal? So here's the here's the reality of it. Uh, players have until tomorrow to enter their names into the portal. However, the schools then have 48 hours to, to actually enter the player into the portal. That means we could see names go in on Thursday and Friday. Above and beyond that, I am told that there are loopholes in this and that they will give special consideration to teams that played a longer period of time. Uh, so if you had a bowl game or if you were in the champion or in the playoffs, those sorts of guys may have more time to actually appeal when they can go in. Uh, so that is the update, though. Tomorrow is the absolute deadline. From one perspective, you have to put your name in by then. Uh, 48 hours and then afterwards, we'll get that. Jerry, uh, Kobe Black, the corner out of Waco, uh, in the Waco area, he coming in this weekend with that group of uh, star-studded 2024 guys? I, I believe Kobe Black told Justin Wells um, Sunday or Monday he's not coming in this weekend as of late last week or early this week, whatever it was. We'll check again as the week gets closer. But, again, these guys are competing with other junior days. Oregon has one uh, as well. So there's a lot of junior days right now. And, and uh, as of right now, he's not come, scheduled to be at Texas. Got it. Um, let's see here. A couple other questions for you. This one's an interesting one for me. Uh, I actually was – I got a – Jerry, this from Des Garrett. Jerry, off subject, but did you cover Odell James? If so, what kind of eval did you have for him? We both did, so this will be interesting. I, I, Bobby had more of the eval, but I watched Odell plenty. Um, and that's, I thought that was funny. Bob Alfred then went on to Duncanville after that. Um, but what, what were your thoughts on Odell coming out? World of talent. Yeah. Uh, live arm never was completely accurate, but I thought he was a great dual threat quarterback. I think he probably went to the wrong school. Right. Uh, because Baylor wasn't necessarily, I mean, I thought he had called, I don't know if y'all remember Carl Crawford. Oh yeah. Uh, the baseball player that first round pick went to the Red Sox, played years for the Red Sox. He was actually a quarterback at Houston, Jeff Davis high school signed with Nebraska. If he or Odell James in those four years, I think they were four to five years apart, maybe right. six. I don't, I can't remember. Um, had they been, that's one of the reasons why Nebraska took a little downturn at times, in my opinion, because those two guys, um, Odell, of course, uh, I think he could have succeed, succeeded um, uh, Scott Frost, not Scott Frost. Uh, who was after Tommy Frazier? Was it Scott Frost? Eric Crawford. My, my opinion was he went to a, a guy, went to a Baylor team that was trying to develop more drop back passing. It just didn't work out for Odell. 
but that was one of those things that uh, I actually thought Odell did not play as well as senior year. He's injured a little. And this is one of those things that's for me is interesting. You mentioned Arch Manning getting better as a senior. That's another, uh, that's another tell in my opinion, Jerry, when it comes to ranking players, if players play better as seniors, it means there's still some growing they can do. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, and I know everybody says, Oh, they all, they all improve. No, they don't. No. And the rate at which they improve may not be uh, as good. And that's one of the things that's good about nowadays. A lot more people are looking at the younger players than they were 20 and 30 years ago. So you're already following sophomores and juniors in high school. Whereas uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we may not even be talking about juniors until, you know, the week they come in uh, for uh, the uh, the junior days. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Hey, uh, Jerry, this is a good question, I think, too, from Brian Church. And uh, is there a more prolific high school than Westlake for producing elite college and NFL QBs? Breeze, Foles, Ellinger, Klubnik? I've got one. Are we talking in Texas or are we, are we talking nationally? Well, there, there's only one high school that's produced uh, three Heisman Trophy winners. All quarterbacks. It's in California. Who is it? It's modern day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryce Young. Yeah. Matt Leiner. Leiner. And a guy back in the, I think, 40s or 50 named John Chart from Notre Dame. Well, let's be real. The next four years are going to tell if Isidore Newman takes over the number one spot. Because <laughs> they got two hall, they got two Hall of Famers. And I, I, I don't think there's been any school that has had three Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Right. That maybe right. Foles and Foles and did Breeze win a Heisman? Did Breeze, Did the Saints win and Saints won a won, championship yeah. with Breeze? Yep. yep. So Breeze and Foles have definitely won. Uh, so maybe it's a it's the the role for the. The three, right? So. Yeah. So right now, Isidore Newman has two number one picks overall at quarterback, too. So we'll see what Arch can do with that. No pressure. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I hadn't even thought about that, Jerry. Um, all right. It says Frost and then Eric Crouch. That makes that sense. sense. Um, uh, let's let's look. Let's keep talking about some guys. Um, one of the guys that Justin uh, uh, Wells brought up, uh, Justin of Inside Texas brought up. Uh, with Selman Bridges, the cornerback out of Lake Belton, a uh, high school teammate of Micah uh, Hudson. What were your thoughts of Selman Bridges when you saw him this year, Jerry? Uh, just watch him on tape. That long kid. I actually talked six to him. Six foot high- four. Six, six foot four. four. Yeah. Yeah. So probably measure six, three and a half an Under Armour camp here in a few weeks. But uh, look, I talked to a coach in that district and um, he actually, so that's a district that's Micah Hudson, Bryant, Wesco, Wesco, the two top receivers in state. And Bridges says he just loves his upside, right? He thought he was a physical kid for being 6'4", 6'3 and a half, 6'4", 170. Um, Dad's a big Longhorn fan uh, per Justin Wells. So Texas offered him this week. And he's one of those high upside guys um, that his best football is way out in front of him. Don't get us wrong. And there's so much potential on that frame. We'll see where that takes him as far as what position uh, he plays. But – uh, one of the coaches in the district was pretty high on him. I texted him after he got the offer, and he thought that was a really good offer by Texas. Got it. Um, another question for us from Xavier Delgado. Are the OL spots up for grabs aside from Kelvin Banks? I would put Jake Majors in the same category as Kelvin Banks. And Christian Jones. Start something. Uh, I think you could move Christian Jones, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if Cam Williams' best spot 
is right tackle, and all of a sudden you you want to move Christian Jones interior. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like the only two that are just dead lead pipe cinch are, are made barring injury. All right, are Kelvin Banks at left tackle and Jake Majors at the center. I think the others are going to depend on how they develop, how they heal, um, how they play in both the spring and summer, as well as a uh, fall camp. I, I think the most one of the most fascinating things this spring. I'll keep saying after the national media gets the Arch Manning throwing a ball on a Texas helmet. After that, it's going to be what Flood does on the offensive line, moving guys around, what he actually does with all the talent he has and the numbers he has now. Even though Connor Robertson and Hudson are out, he's still got double-digit numbers on scholarship linemen. I mean, you could I think Campbell Williams is going to cross-train at left tackle and right tackle um, just to help him be the best player he can be. Uh, I think you're going to see Neto working at left guard and probably some tackle. I, I think it's going to be re- – DJ Campbell's going to be play right guard. I think he's a starter at right guard as of today. I think it's going to – in Malik Ogbo, what will he do? Will he still stay at left guard? Somebody's got to ha- kind of play that Carrick role too, so we'll see kind of what transpires with that. But he has so he can move his pieces around the chessboard and really work on getting the best five on the field together and then the best rotation possible. Because I think you'll see an expanded rotation this year. I think some of those guys are going to be ready. And that freshman class turned into sophomores. That's the other thing. Which of those guys are going to take a big step? Because only Cole Hudson was there last spring. This is Kelvin Banks' first spring at Texas. Just look at Cam Williams, DJ Campbell, Neto, Ogbo, all of those guys. It's their first spring at Texas. Two of those guys are going to make big jumps this spring. It always happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um... We want to thank our sponsor, uh, Energy Texas, one last time tonight. And then we got about uh, six or seven minutes left after that. Energy Texas. Energy Texas is, uh, tech, is energy done right for Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas. Not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, Jerry, this one's from Austin, Texas, guy saying, go ahead and offer Colin Simmons. Colin Simmons was at Georgia this past weekend. He's already been offered by Texas. Yeah, and he's supposed to be at Tennessee this weekend. We'll see if that uh, holds true. Uh, he has not got back to me on that. Um, but I expect he will later this week. You know Texas is trying to get him in. Uh, look, Texas will be in the fight there. He's going to play in the SEC. He'll take the other visits. Uh, LSU's a factor. I mean, Georgia's a massive factor. I mean, that – you know, obviously the tragedy at the end of the weekend there, but I can't imagine a better start to a weekend to have a prospect on campus uh, than Athens, Georgia, for the, the parade on Saturday. I mean, especially an out-of-state kid who had never been to Athens before. Uh, so uh, that's going to be a bloodbath recruitment. Alabama's in it. Uh, I think LSU's strong. He still likes Florida. It's hard for me to see that one. Texas is going to be in the mix there. Uh, they're going to be right there. He's been to Texas a lot. A lot of people have asked, well, does Chris Gilbert leave and hurt Texas? I don't think it hurts Texas. I think that was just kind of a helper, an extra helper. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor for Colin Simmons. I, look, Texas, we talked about going headed to the southeast region on defensive line, and all those schools are coming in after Colin Simmons too. So uh, there's fights in the uh, backyard as well as going out east for Texas, and Colin Simmons is a big one. Um, let's, let's close with this conversation because I think it's an important one. Uh, from Mr. Talk Too Much in the 817. I'm sick of Arch getting hated on because he didn't do their all-star games. So, Matt, our producer, if you'd put up Arch's um, 
uh, industry comparison that you can find on on three uh, by searching Arch Manning and then doing the industry comparison. Matt, if you'll bring that up, I want to I want to dispel a couple of things here. Um, first of all, he's being hated on primarily by fans, not by the industry. So let's look at his rankings. He's ranked number three overall, number two overall, number one overall, and number one overall. That is not being hated on by the industry. However, I think you are finding fans from other teams that are hating on him for that very reason. Um, I think it's almost like, you know, fans of other high school teams get pissed when Westlake or Lake Travis have another quarterback or when, you know, Duncanville all, all of a sudden has 10 more D1 prospects. It is the nature of the beast, right? To, to be a hater on somebody that has something that, that somebody else wants. It's just a, I think it's that, but I don't, I don't, I want to make sure that we um, delineate between the two pieces here. One is a fan group. The other is the industry itself and the people that do the rankings. And he is clearly considered an elite prospect and one of the top players in the country, if not the top player in the country. So that's not hating on him, even though he didn't quote do their all-star camps. So, uh, and that's, I, that's what I mean. You can't say they're all-star camps because on three doesn't have one. Right. Um, and you know, the rest of them, everybody ranks him in the top three players in the country. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say two things. One, there was some chatter in our industry about him not doing the elite 11 or playing in an all-star game. And I always had, I always had the same answer to those people. When I got into the conversation, the Mannings are a brand. They have the Manning Passing Academy. If anybody thinks a Manning is going to go to Elite 11, it ain't happening. And get coached by somebody else that they don't think is as good as them. It's not happening. This is a – the Manning Passing Academy is part of the family brand. That is where Arch is going to be. Then there are people, look, he's not throwing. He has a hurt wrist. What do you need to see him throw for at a camp? I, I, that was my thing. I was like, what do you need to, what do you want to see if his release gets quicker without shoulder pad? I mean, like, what do you want to see? Um, he wasn't going to play in an all-star game. Ne number one guy, Nico didn't play in an all-star game. He didn't go to elite 11. He's playing vo volleyball that weekend. I mean, so uh, here's the problem I have with arch is, and, and I'm not talking the industry. I'm talking the whole thing. Most of the time you have to be a pro athlete before they really build you up and tear you down. This is the first high school prospect I've seen, and we are at different times now, the NIL space, uh, so social media, 24-hour news cycle. He's the first high school athlete I've ever seen that was built up and torn down like a pro athlete in a year. I thought it's been interesting to watch because I haven't seen it before. I I just find it remarkable uh, because, I, I, you know, what else do you want? I guess, I mean – they, you want the Manning name, but you want him to not grow up with the same aspects that got him there. I, I, just, I feel like you're, you're, they're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? And that's that's where I come out on it. A um, couple other things here to, to discuss uh, from DMB09. Texas still on track for the SEC in 2024? Yes. Um, the Houston Chronicle had reported last week that the U University of Central Florida athletic director 
had intimated that the new Big 12 schedule would be out today or tomorrow. That now sounds like it'll be the end of the month before that gets released is the latest word on that. So um, that being said, that'll be the football schedule for 23. We expect Texas to be in the SEC by no later than uh, 2024. Um, I don't think there's a possibility for 2023, but I've been wrong before on this stuff. But uh, Texas was trying to make it uh, in Oklahoma, uh, as well as the Big 12 itself, all kind of on the same page as far as Texas and Oklahoma moving in 2024. Uh, one, one more question for you, Jerry. Uh, why hasn't Texas offered Logan Thomas of PayTow or Zion Kearney? Where's Kearney from? Uh, he's at Hightower. I'm a big fan of Kearney. I mean, he's 6'3", 210, runs 4'4". Um, he's, he's a guy who I think is under-recruited right now. And I'm not talking about Texas. I just mean nationally. And I think things will continue to pick up for him. Uh, just a really strong body. Does he have a tad bit of tightness? Maybe. Um, but he's a young kid. Logan Thomas, not a big frame guy. I'm not sure. You know, if you look at the guys Texas has offered, and Logan Thomas is a really good player. AM offered him. Um, I, he's going to Kansas Junior Day this weekend, I believe he told me earlier uh, over the weekend. Um, but he's a more of a thinner frame guy. I think Texas is really looking for big bodies. And that doesn't mean Logan Thomas isn't a really good player or going to develop that frame into be a really good player. I think Texas is looking for some big, big bodies in this class is one thing we're finding with the offers. Arch gets the Bronny James treatment. Probably true, right? Well, Bronny, Arch is a much better prospect for me. Uh, I mean, I think Bronny – For their respective sports. Yeah, I think Bronny's really good. I've seen Bronny. I saw him at NBA PA camp. Uh, I never watched Bronny and thought he was a legit top ten type of guy in the country Um, in that setting where all of those guys were. I think Bronny – is a really good player. Um, I think he'll play professional basketball. Um, I think there's differences between him, him and Arch, but to his point, maybe I, I I didn't include Brawny in there. I think, you know, we've reached the point where a high school kid can get torn down a little bit because of the name. Yep. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, that's Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On3 Sports. Uh, if you get a chance, please visit us at InsideTexas.com. That's where Jerry and I are each and every day. Uh, and, and up until uh, August 31st first of this year, stumbling over my words a little bit today, uh, $30 for subscription to Inside Texas is a really good deal. Uh, get all the way through spring recruiting, summer recruiting, get spring practice coverage, as well as fall camp. Uh, just $30 for a subscription to InsideTexas.com. All right, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been the Longhorn live stream on Texas football. Thanks for joining us, guys.